well. What, my time ass? I didn't know. I don't think they offered that to Have you asked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Sunday. I've got time. <laughs> yeah, because that's the problem. I don't, where I'm, go- I'm going to this place that's uh, next to Saigon. Up yeah. there on Cliff Street. So, no, what's it called? Um, Sawadi or Sawadi. something. Sawadi. Yeah. Hello. What does that mean? Sawadi is a greeting. I mean, cup. Sawadi cup. Oh, I'm here already. So what is that? Hello, sir. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And then I heard that uh, happy ending is Chakwa. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Chakarawa. I don't know, bro. How the fuck would I know? Haven't you been to Thailand? I don't know. Oh, I thought you oh why would I have a happy ending either? So. <laughs> oh, you haven't been married your whole life. <laughs> But I haven't tuned a Thai chick. <laughs> Have you ever been to Thailand? Uh-uh. I gave my opportunity. Up. Weird. Yeah, but the whole on. When I said Chakwa, you started laughing. You laughed a little harder. <laughs> and I know you've just been there. So. Oh. No, I went there with my family. Oh, ah. shit. Time out. <laughs> what did you do there when you were there? With the, oh, firstly, introduce yourselves, please, to Mikey the adoring fans. Michael Menemini. Is that how you say it? Yes. For everybody who doesn't know how to say it, I do. Sure. Michael, the proprietor of Pride Fighting Academy. That's correct. The gym within which I train and sometimes Nick trains in. Sometimes. Yeah, when he doesn't feel like, you <laughs> know, guy. wasting my time, he comes. <laughs> and then, of course, Nick Radley, undefeated light heavyweight, soon to be heavyweight SA champion. <laughs> what are you thinking you're going to get my weight here? Or? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> or, or hopeful. I said to you yesterday oh, no. uh, move up two divisions and win the SA title. Jeez. It's all possible. <laughs> two divisions. I don't want to say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, you've also got your own gym, which is called Tarholics. That's it. In Milnerton? Yeah, Montague Gardens. Montague Gardens. Yeah. Uh, except that's not a boxing gym, it's just purely Muay Thai. That's it. And. Um, what I wanted to start off with since we're on the Thai aspect of life. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> How was your trip to Thailand, Mikey? It was good. What did you end up doing? It seems like you were training with a lot of pro this and that in terms of fighting and all that kind of thing. Yeah, look, we wanted to go on just like a relatively inexpensive family holiday, you know, and just go places where we could get some training in. Yeah. My wife is super amped on like training at different gyms now because she's become quite competitive in jits. And um, yeah, we went to Phuket and we spent some time at Phuket Top Team. Uh, did a couple of sessions there and yeah, it's had a bit of a jaw. What kind of pro fighters do Phuket Top Team train? I mean, is it like the American fighters will go over to Thailand as part of their camp to yeah. train? Yeah, so there's facilities? a lot of guys coming from all over the world. Uh, Phuket Top, Top Team does MMA training, Jiu-Jitsu training, Muay Thai training. They've got some boxers as well. So they've got a lot of guys. So it's like a one-stop shop. It competes with AKA and Tiger Muay Thai. Those are the three most popular in Phuket. And um, they got a nice energy, so we just spend a lot of time there. And um, is it relatively inexpensive to train there if you're thinking about being like just a South African kid who wants to go over and experience what it's yeah, like? Yeah, training in Thailand is super cheap. Like at those gyms, even though they're more commercial, it's still worked out of the equivalent for 300 Rand for a private lesson, um, like 150 Rand or 200 Rand for a drop-in. So it's it's not it's not expensive at all. You can definitely afford it. And you can do boxing, Muay Thai, and jits. You can. So they've got they've got a they got professional team training. So depending on what you want to do, 
the, there's a couple of guys, American guys and Brazilian guys and stuff that run the MMA division. So they have like MMA sessions and they have the, the, the Muay Thai sessions as well. And they separate it between the, pro, the pros and the regular guys as well. And was, the, was it quite packed when you were there at that time of the year? Where was it yeah, December? Yeah, it was a, very full. All the holiday makers were in there. So maybe it's not a good idea to go there in December. No, it was cool. There was a lot of, a lot of guys training for fights. So there were a lot of professionals in the, in the session that I did. I did an hour and a half boxing class in the heat, which was fun. <laughs> and uh, got to spar with a couple of Muay Thai pros as well, which was cool. Is it all open air? Uh, they got like little like fabricated roof shed, like sheds, but everything is open. There's no clothes. Only the grappling oh, areas are closed. So. Yeah, it's all open so you can sweat and breathe. And oh, but what's like grappling there? I mean, it's a sweat box as it is. That hot as fuck. And I didn't, I didn't grapple. They got aircon and stuff in the, in, the, in the grappling rooms, but I didn't use it. I wanted to train with the, the strikers. And um, so you did a boxing class. You didn't do a Muay Thai class. I did. I did a Muay Thai private, uh, two privates with one of the trainers there, one of the fighters. Um, it was a lot of fun. And Nick, when you came out of your fight, that happened when? End of last year? Yeah, November. How's the body? Good. No hand problems, no leg no. problems, no knee problems. No. You always have to check with Good you because there's a lot of shit that goes oh, wrong. Yeah. He gets it from me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to you in a second. Um, yeah, no, feeling uh, fresh after that one. Eh? Luckily, it wasn't a grueling, grueling fight. It wasn't a war. No, no, which I'm looking forward to having one soon, hopefully. <laughs> what was your expectation going into that fight in comparison to how it ended? Was it like, I thought this was going to be hard, but it was really easy? Um, or this went exactly how I thought it was going to be? No, the way I was feeling at that stage, I didn't uh, think it was going to be difficult. I did want to get a few more rounds in there. That was a bit upsetting for me. It wasn't. I wasn't looking for an early knockout. That's why I played around with my jab a lot and moved. wasn't looking for a, an early finish. Uh, not that I have before either. They just somehow come. <laughs> and um, what was it, a second round knockout? Yeah, second. Yeah, we posted videos Middle, all over I the think. place. It was like definitely one of the best knockouts of last year. Sure, thanks. And yeah. uh, yeah. I don't know if it's eligible for an award, a uh, Boxing South Africa no. award. No, because they're, they're overlooking... The overlooking, or is it not because they got some stupid thing saying it's for the next calendar year or whatever that there was some cut uh, because off because it was so soon? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't actually know their calendar dates and when they would pick from. Uh, but hey, maybe it's in there for next year, or maybe we get a better one this year. Well, just remember because I think that it could be eligible for next year's one. Cool. So you might get a boxing award. Cool. Uh, and then at the same time, you might be the heavyweight champion and go like, hey, those were the days when I was the light heavyweight yeah. champion. <laughs> Can't say I've seen too many Cape Townians getting awards. Though. No, no, especially not from a Joe Biggs committee panel. Listen, no. forget awards. We haven't even got an invite. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what's up on the horizon on the radar for you? Anything? Um, we're waiting for contracts and stuff now for the 30th of March, again with Calicoto Promotions. Just before you go on yeah. so that people can know, Nick is trained by Mike. That's it. And uh, Mike sits in the corner and barks orders because his leg is immobile. Um, it's kind of, it's getting there. But I, do, <laughs> I do like barking more than getting hit by him. Holding, <laughs> holding the body pad for this guy is, is a... Is a Hazard for your liver, hazard for your spleen, eruption in both, and piss blood afterwards. It, uh, I think I've pissed blood about six times since I've been training him the last five years. Seriously? <laughs> no, no. Okay. It feels like it. <laughs> Mark loves a tall story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got Nick. What's it? Don't let the truth get away of a good story. <laughs> yeah, so look, it's, it's challenging um, 
you know, in terms of holding pads and stuff and getting him, you know, working with me one-on-one. But we've got some good guys in the gym that help out. So, and the most thing we need now for him is just regular sparring. Hmm. Now, I spoke to Emil Calacuzzi yesterday and he said regular sparring is difficult yeah. to find. And for him, I think it's easier because he's a lighter, I think he's welter, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the sad thing is, is that his main sparring partner was Zubagila Maguacha. Who's much lighter. Who's sitting across from him. He's, he's a bantamweight, but yeah. of course his leg that got yeah. almost blown off. Shame. So he, that's one of his main sparring, sparring partners down. <clears throat> For sure. And he says just finding guys is a, is a difficult enough thing. And I mean, there are guys just finding guys that are committed and willing to help. But they're lighters. Sense. Yeah. So I don't know. They're all lighter weight division in uh, comparison to you. What? To me, yeah. Uh, finding heavier guys is not a problem. It's just none of them are quick enough or sharp enough. So it's about finding that balance of being able sure. to get someone who's your speed, yeah. but you'll hardly find Strength someone wise. your height no, no, in your division. Because sure. what are you, 198? I think there's one guy in my, no, 195. 195? Yeah, six foot five, I think. Jesus. <laughs> For a light heavyweight. Yeah. See, you can be a heavyweight, dude. You got the frame. You should have seen what it after to Christmas. Cru- <laughs> <laughs> Check me just pushing this agenda. What happened to cruiserweight? No. I mean, that's like another 10 kilos on top of that. Dude, would you rather be a cruiserweight champion or a heavyweight champion? Come, <laughs> pick it. Have you ever put any thought to moving up to find a fight? Um, yeah, but uh, speaking to Mikey, like we've put in so much work as it is now at light heavyweight to go and change and start over again and... And I know the the pool's very limited. Um, at this point, there's no one for me to even challenge. Uh, not out of skill-wise, just out of uh, personal issues with some of the guys. We don't want to go into that. And then, um, yeah, the guys are fighting out of their weight divisions, but are still ranked uh, in the light heavy division. Well, we were chatting in yesterday's podcast about how I think it's the most retarded, stupid law out there is that people who don't live in this country are ineligible to challenge for an SA title. And when you look at the light heavyweight division right now, there yeah. isn't a top 10. There's a top no. two. Uh, yeah, top four, of which two aren't eligible, uh, eligible as the one is fighting um, Super Welter for the last three or four fights. The other one is... And that's Ryan Campbell. Cr- that's it. And Kane... Super uh, middle. Yeah. Su- uh, super middle, yeah. Super middle, sorry. No, Walter, yeah, super middle. And the other one's... Kane, I think, has been fighting a cruiserweight or something for the last two or three fights. And I think they need a minimum of two fights in the division before they're eligible to challenge for the title. And then how long is the list of people who are ineligible to fight for the SA title in the light heavyweight division? Mm. Seven guys? Yeah, probably. This is what I'm pointing out. It's it's stupid because if they're earning money here and they're paying taxes And they've here, been here, I think, for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like if they've been resident residents for like, five, ten years, then I think, yeah, why not? They're pretty much part of the society. You know, I think the the, the biggest fuck-up is these guys are being used to build records. So some of these Congolese guys or Golden guys, whatever, they, who are in the country, are being used by local promoters to build other fighters. And then the guys who are on good win streaks just get overlooked for these, these national titles. The local Western Cape titles or the South African title, they then they have to fight for the ABU or the WBF or whatever. So the guys are being dealt a bit of a hard hard draw, you know? The, the order seems a bit lost. Like there's no Western Cape. Once you're Western Cape, you fight the Gauteng or the Durban or the... The stepping East stone London kind or, of order or, that Yeah, Eastern Cape or, you know what I mean? Like there's no... It's just straight in to me, for example, fighting for the WBF, all African. 
but there was no Western Cape, there was no SA, there was no, the order just seems lost. Well, the order's lost, particularly in your division, because they're not even really interested in trying to put the belt on the line for... For sure. Just, if there's two of you guys, fight for it. For sure. Regardless, Tom, yeah, yeah. We don't know what's going on with Tommy Woods days, and I don't think no. he's ever going to box again. No. Which leaves you and then one other guy who's not eligible. And it's it's it's, yeah. it's difficult because... So now we're in hopes of waiting for someone to come up, which there is one guy, Michael Macram, uh, from Cape Town. has now moved. He's training at Smith. Yeah. He's now had one fight with one win. So we've got to give him, like, what, another three fights, four fights? Is he coming up to light heavyweight? He is light heavyweight. He has been for a while. Even as an amateur, he was fighting under 81. I think the amateur divisions are different. So so you just mean coming up isn't getting more uh, experience? Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Should have been more clear, yeah. Yeah, but he's training out of the Smith's gym, and they get a lot of exposure with, with their guys. So I'm sure if one of their guys get offered an SA title, if they've got two or three fights, then they might consider it, you know? Well, then they must... Sparring is obviously not such an issue in their gym with the bigger guys because look who they've got. And Tools um, is also there. He's got Kevin Arena. Um, I think. Tabisa uh, Mkunu's there. Yeah, Mkunu's Rowan there. Campbell's there. That's it. So they've got numbers there. The bigger guys that you'd like to spar all in the same gym, gym. except half of we'll, them could be your opponent. And we'll probably end up fighting them. So it's, yeah. That's crazy, man. And because also, if you look at it, it's not just light heavyweight, it's like about seven divisions that are. Washed out. Washed out, but they haven't got ten, a top 10. No. Yet they've got a long list of Nigerians, uh, Congolese, sure. Angolans, whatever it may be. Well, what's mind-blowing is you've got local amateurs who've had like 100 amateur fights. Where are these guys going? Yeah, where you are know, they falling through? They, you've got guys who are fighting week in and week out in the townships, and they're having these shows, and they, they're fighting. These guys are talented. Where are they? You know what I mean? They're not coming through. I chatted to Zola Koti a while ago, and he when I when I was putting on a a charity event, and I asked him if he wanted to put some guys in. He says he's only got cadets, he's only got youngsters, so I don't know where these guys are going. And no. it's the same in mixed martial arts. Yeah and no, because there's not a lot of guys doing MMA locally on a competitive level. There's a lot more guys have like competing on boxing. On an amateur level, on a white collar level, mm-hmm. on an exhibition level, there's a lot of guys. So, with MMA, which, which will help the future of the sport, I guess. Well, but depends. not for right now. I don't think it will help the future at all because guys are quite happy to fight in the, the little white collar bubble, you know. Yeah, and also be amateur champions, SA champions for like ten years, twelve years. They just they're not doing it for a paycheck. They're doing it for the accreditation. Well, you see, here's the the stupidity of that whole theory is that you're not doing it for a paycheck yet. You're now you're fighting amateur without a head guard anyway with the same size Makes clubs no that sense. you fight pro. Why not turn pro and get paid for Because it? they okay, know they're going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, I'm um, gunning for the Olympics. For well, sure. And I also think that they um, they just want to be the best. And if they're going to fight amateurs and they're at a pro status, they would just want to be the best. Well, newsflash. So they're doing it for themselves. Who Basically. wants to go to the Olympics is about to get kicked off the Olympic roster anyway. Really? Yeah. Because the Olympic, the IOC has got a major problem with the way that IBA is run. And IBA is currently headed by some drug lord from Lithuania or <laughs> one of those bent countries. Same as the Russian Olympic. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. So and he, he is a, he's a convicted criminal. So mm. IBA have got him as the head. IOC says, no, we don't have organizations with convicted criminals being uh, the head of, and then they're going to strike boxing off the list. Mm. It might not even be in the next in the next Olympic Games. Yeah, Muay Thai is trying to get in there through IFMA and that, and they're struggling to get in. Now they're going to 
Well, hopefully that makes space for Muay Thai. I'd love to see <laughs> Muay Thai as an Olympic sport. I just yeah. hope they don't pad everybody up. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll have to. Oh, no, no. That's no, the only no. downfall to it. But back the to the back to the mixed martial arts thing. <clears throat> so what's going on in Cape Town at the moment? Because there's since CFL pretty much went down the shitter, let's be honest. It was it's, yeah. it's what it is today is not what it Handed was over to the four wrong years ago. What's going on with amateur mixed martial arts? Well, look, we, we wanted to, we started promoting first, like APFC came on board like 12 years ago. And um, we when were, Mike used to grill sausage and then go fuck a guy up. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know, multi, multitasking. You know, we, we started, you know, and we, we had cage, guys were fighting in cages, you know, UFC size cages. We had guys fighting in proper rings. We had two, 3,000 people in the events, you know, and exactly what happened then is happening now. Fighters disappear, you know, they don't want to put the work in. You know, MMA is very different to boxing. You know, MMA, you need so many skills to be competitive. So you can't have aspects, one. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's taxing and the guys don't want to put in the work. You know, you got these guys who want to just come to an M- amateur MMA fight and think, oh, I'm just going to have a raw butt because it's, it's fun, like a, a casual game of touch on a Sunday. It's not. You know, I think the promoters took it lightly like that and just matched anyone together. And when you take two guys with limited skills and put them in an MMA fight, you, you've got it's a, it's a dog show. It's, yeah. it's just a dog show. It's not exciting. You can take two un- unexperienced, unskilled fighters and put them in a boxing ring with boxing gloves on. You can still create some excitement and some hype. Because they're still throwing leather. Exactly. And not hugging each other, so holding each it's, other. It's, it's a problem. The problem. Oh, you know, Nicholas, there's always one. Yeah, you know, at least at least it's not the the soppy emotional music that it, when his wife calls. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. What can I say? John Wayne. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, John Wayne Paul, what a legend! No, <laughs> no, no, we're talking about the cowboy. I know, man. <laughs> Obviously, good luck. Come on. So, look on on the amateur <laughs> MMA side, we try to revive it. You know, so we we got APFC up again. You announced uh, our first show back as an MMA amateur MMA production, and it was so hard putting on a card because all the different gyms want to enter their fighters into everything. So they got one guy who's fighting MMA this weekend. Next weekend, he's fighting boxing. The following weekend, he's fighting K1. And he's got to get in the ring. And then and he's got yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and the, the, the coaches and, and the, the owners of the gyms are not managing these guys. Yeah. You get lighties. I mean, I'm talking about guys 15, 16 years old fighting two, three times in a weekend. There's, there's some of these guys that are doing it. And it's just stupid. So, you know, it's, it's actually just been run poorly. Mismanagement from lack of coaching skill. And... But, Although there's so many MMA gyms that have opened, I'm going to say MMA gyms in inverted commas here, like Austin Powers, is because <laughs> there's the Death Star is the <laughs> they they actually don't teach MMA. These guys are a jiu-jitsu gym who's kind of brought in a striker or a striking gym that's kind of brought in a jiu-jitsu guy part-time. You know, so it's not a real MMA gym. So, and of course, every CrossFit coach holds pads these days. So, you know, you get <laughs> what we like to say, Virgin Top Team, <laughs> the, the, the Virgin Active Trainers, you know, and the the MMA gloves around their neck and stuff. I don't know. It's 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 a fuck up. It really is. So what's happening is the level of guys are so bad, and you know, you're trying to like, and again, the gym owners are a massive part to play in this. We had six fights fall off that card the day before, purely because the coaches didn't want, didn't give a shit about following up on their fighters. 
So, oh, my fighter had a tooth removed, or this guy's mm. got flu, and they don't Wait, tell you. Weight, incorrect, like completely. It's, it's a fuck up. And, you know, with, with the way we run things, and I say we, because I'll use Nick as, uh, mm. in this as well, because we think very much the same. Even if you've got an amateur Aww. organization, yeah, I'll be, I'll rub it off. It's a positive. Yeah, no, fuck you. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Drop the ball. Even, even, if, even if it's an amateur organization, you don't have to run it like an amateur. You know, run it like a professional, you know. So make sure your guys made weight. Make sure the weigh-in's done correctly. Make sure On the time. events run properly. Make sure the, the gloves are, are the best. Make sure the referees are good. You know, just do it properly. As if you're fighting in the UFC. You know, and, there's no reason why you can't do and that. And it's really not that difficult. No. It's really not that difficult. Most of these promotions have got teams doing it. And, it, like, I don't understand how you can have a team of, like, four to five people and still not run it smoothly well then do you think it's maybe not a better idea that whomever does kick start some kind of an amateur mma circuit within cape town like say for instance cfl had to get rebooted but let's call it a different name yeah, because sure. cfl is now dead and a privatized type of company not gym coaches but people with experience within the industry and how entertainment and works and how and how how, uh, how matchmaking works came across and said, okay, fine, coaches, all you have to do is worry about training your fighters. You, Mike, you don't have to worry about putting on your own fight night and worrying about matching mm. other people from other gyms that you barely know anything about. If that had to happen, would the scene get sparked again? Is that what you guys would be kind of looking for? No, it won't work. And I'll tell you why, because the gym owners and everybody else that is involved won't want somebody else to make money off their fighters. So it's, it's, when there's it's, no, su yeah. it's super political at the moment. So what's happened... What's happened recently, um, Anthony Kettle and Rico and Gideon Drosky have got together and decided they're going to put on little gym fights. And they've gone in touch with myself and a couple other gyms. And they're trying to get these like local come to my gym fight nights where it's all like development stuff. And um, the first one is on the 10th of March. They want to come to our gym next to do another one, whatever the case is, and literally just get like one show a month where you'd start developing these guys. And hopefully after 10 or 12 of these small shows, we'll be able to have enough talent to, pick. to have a another proper well-run mm. big event, local amateur MMA stuff like we did uh, at our last AFC, APFC. You know, so that's, that's the goal. Um, it's a good start. Yeah, so there's something to. in the it's, pipeline to yeah. recap there, there is, but there's no overheads. Um, there's, it's literally bring the guys to a gym. It's not going to be a spectator friendly, a friendly kind of thing. Yeah. It's but just, it'll grow the sport. It's just to get guys fights. You'll get spectators. In no, there. no, of course they will be, but yeah. it's not going to be like your big shows yeah. where there's you'll charge, a you'll charge like 50 or a hundred bucks to get in. You'll stand and watch 25 round of booty roll. Yeah. Pink sausage. Yeah. This is, this is a get in the ring. He's trying to cover his purses. You know, so I think, I think if, if the guys do get together, then it will work. But, I doubt it. I doubt the gym owners are going to work together yeah, because there's too many, there's too many issues between gym owners. And I'll give you an example: the grappling that happened this weekend. You know, there's a lot of jiu-jitsu gyms around. There's a lot of guys teaching jits, and there's like so many different franchises now of Gracie academies and whatever. And literally, there's two or three different academies feeding one whole organization. You know what I mean? You get the bigger gyms that don't enter anybody. You know, we and then the organization is so badly run. Spectators can't see the mat. 
Um, they they don't give a shit about the medal ceremonies or whatever. Nobody knows anything. Everyone's going like, oh, ask this guy, ask this guy. No one knows you know, when it's running, how it's running. It's just there's no thought behind it. They're thinking, how can we make a quick yeah. buck and let's put on a, a grappling show or how can we make a quick buck and let's put on an amateur MMA show. Basically, and here comes a compliment, your wife is not running the whole show. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> but she I did take part yesterday, didn't she? She did. How did she do? She won. She won? Yeah. yeah. Gold medals? Yeah, she won a gold medal. Yes. Was the gold medal there for her? Or did she have to go ask somebody where to find it? <laughs> no, we, had to, we actually did our own little medal ceremony because we were waiting around for like five hours before anyone would tell us when the medal ceremony was. So we just grabbed the contestants, grabbed our own medals and did our own little medal ceremony. Well done, so Jess. We, yeah, she, yeah, she did well. She'd been training hard. She's she's headed to Morocco in April to compete in like an all Africa Arab. Uh, Have they confirmed the date? Yeah, it's cool. in April. So that's awesome. that's cool. So she's getting a lot more experience, and the delay of the tournament because it was supposed to happen this this month already. Um, is good for her. So she's super amped and being more competitive. And any other guys from the gym do well? Yeah, we had a lot. Very very good day. We had like nine or ten gold medals, and the guys did well. Look, it's it's not a it's not the most amazing you know platform for the guys to compete, but a lot of the guys are amateurs. It's uh, competitive action. There's some intermediate yeah. guys. Um, and it's rolling with guys that you don't see every day at the gym. Yeah, no, it's fine. It was good. Yeah. The guys enjoyed it. There's nice team camaraderie that, that happened. Uh, Dejan won the absolute, and he won his division, whatever the case is, and it was cool. It was pretty, pretty nice. The guys all rolled well and did, did, did a good job. But just be nice to see all the other academies actually pull together. Because if they did yeah. pull together, you'd have instead of having a hundred competitors, pool. you'll have two hundred competitors, and it makes it a whole weekend vibe. And um, was it just the Saturday? Was it, it was just the Saturday? It was just the Saturday. They should have run the kids on a separate day. They had mm. eighty kids, so the kids was the biggest division. Well, that's good. And then uh, yesterday, you also well, you mentioned to me on the Friday that August was going for his pro license. Yes. How did that go? Very well. Good. Yeah, so he's he's pulled his shit together nicely, and um, he yeah. had he had a, a very very good showing. So good sparring, good rolling, good wrestling. Where does he go to for for a pro license approval? What, what happens? How does that work? So for him? <laughs> there's a couple of local gym owners. Um, me not being one of them, I've never been asked. Although we've pioneered MMA in the country. I don't know why they don't like us. Please ask me. <laughs> Please ask me. I, don't, actually, I, I actually don't give a shit about the administrative stuff. The only thing is there's um, – so like it was very cool. Anthony Kettle was one of the guys and Eddie Lalo was the other. So I went to Eddie's gym out in Grassy Park and there was a nice number of guys. There was like six or seven guys being licensed. So it was very cool. A lot better than any other licenses we've been to. So it was fun. And um, yeah, he did really well. Yeah. So now that he's got a pro license, does that exclude him from being able to take part in this gym wars no. kind of thing that starts no. so on the 10th? He will fight on the 10th uh, as a tune-up. I try to get him on the EFC card in uh, in March. 31st. Yeah, we Adam Grant was offered a fight um, and he couldn't take it because he got DVD, uh, deep vein thrombosis. So he's... Oh. Off, he's oh. It's like, not an STD, don't worry. No, I, was <laughs> say, I, I stream everything. I don't use DVDs anymore. <laughs> That's really where my mind went. So, so I try to I try to get that opponent for August because I thought it was a great opponent, and they just said no. We have to wait till, till April for him to fight. So we have to get him, I want him to get a, just a tune-up and then we'll get him into the EFC. See, that's the thing is that without this amateur background, especially for EFC-styled fighting, is that these guys have got nothing to step into the organization with. So they're kind of going in cold. Yeah. I mean, Shane, although the, the fight that he took at EFC was late notice and he saved the card for them, he was one of the guys who saved the card for them, he only had one fight 
No, he had three. Did he have three before he went he into UFC? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I only but, saw the one. Yeah, he had three, but um, it was Shane Meyer, by the way. Yeah, there was two that were really. That were, one was challenging at APFC. The other one was um, at a Tricor event, and then we had one charity event, like just like a, a, a simple, easy one, though, which well, didn't really count for much. But you know, the problem is these guys aren't fighting under lights. You know, if you want an amateur to get professional experience, put him under lights. Have your amateur yeah. organization. In the right size cage with yeah. the right size lighting. And that's why starting at the ground base in a gym and having five, six fights and then moving up to the bigger promotion, it's got more lighting and more vibe and more people watching. And it's, yeah. But it's sad because it's almost like you have to start all over again when, like, when CFL was in its popular kind of time, you know, it was getting bigger and bigger and the yeah. lights were getting brighter and brighter. And now it's kind of like, oh, God, we're all the way back to square one. That's the problem. Rebooting this. Well, the, the thing is, and you said it earlier, you know, my wife wasn't running the show. So my wife was running uh, a lot of the, the, the event management and the, the marketing of CFL with Anthony Kettle, even when the guys were in transition. And there was like a little golden patch where it was really, really good. But before that, before it was like streamlined with a lot of MMA talent, they were mixing kids kickboxing and K1 and MMA and boxing. All on the same night. All on the same. You had K1 in a cage and then in a ring. It was, it was, it was very disorganized. But, and they had like 28, 30 fights on a night. Yeah, Show would start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and ran till like 12, well, 1 o'clock hmm. at night. It's, hmm. just, it's, it's just not, you know, it wasn't good for the sport, you know. So when they started doing the K1 only or the MMA only, whatever the case is, it was great because then you get to focus on the different skills, but they're still using the same pool of fighters. Yeah. So you don't have your MMA specific guys anymore. It's MMA guy doing K1 and what's in because there's nothing else for him to do. So even though they want to do MMA only, they're forced to do boxing and K1 to get a fight. Which is kind of, it has its positives and its upsides because of course they're doing different modes of fighting, which is important because you've got to learn that to be a mixed martial artist because that's what it's defined as. And staying active. But in staying active, staying in gym, staying out of trouble for a lot of these guys is the most important <laughs> yeah. thing. But the thing is, is that when it comes to it and you've got to stick that all together in a cage. It kind of gets lost. It gets diluted. Yeah, no, you it fall does. back to your roots and what you're comfortable in doing. And that's what happened to me when I went to MMA. So if you're not that good at jits because you've only just started, you're going to stand and bang with a guy when you actually should be testing what you're good at on the ground yeah. to try and grow that aspect of your game. Well, the thing is, like, if and this is my advice to any amateur guy wanting to become an MMA fighter, you need to enter every single grappling competition you can. Yeah, you know what I mean. You need a you need to not necessarily fall onto grappling as your your go-to, but you need to understand it. You don't understand it unless you compete. You know, so there's you need a wrestle. Guys don't want to wrestle. Uh, mm. My quietest class, and I've actually canned it at the gym because we got the most amazing wrestling coach. You know, he's Olympic level. He's tra trained in the US uh, at the at the Colorado State University, where Colorado, Colorado, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> is your co your cut coffee is not keeping me awake. <laughs> oh, wow. And um, he, hey, he's, there's coffee. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must you, have you missed that. <laughs> And um, the guy traveled, trained with the U.S. Olympic team. He won world championships with us, and you know he's he's readily available to train with the guys. And you know, guys it's all it's too scared. So they come and it's all fun and games until it gets real, and until you actually having to wrestle each other properly. And then it's like ah, yeah, it's one of the most grueling sports I think. Uh, having wrestling. done it, yeah, yeah, done and, it. I mean, and, not for, and not for long. It's one of the hard physically on your body is probably. And one you're of the a hardest. Muay Thai guy, and I yeah. think that's the most 
physically taxing sport of all of the fighting sports in my no, opinion. Yeah, no, wrestling is it's, it's different. I mean, Muay Thai, that's a, it's harder because you're getting hit damage, a lot more yeah, and damage wise. But grueling. I mean, the, the wrestling acts are rough, eh? yeah, <laughs> rough and tough, man. So we got this wrestling coach here in Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of good wrestling academies in in um, in the more Afrikaans areas. Yeah. But you don't hear about them. No. no. There's no... But this guy he happens to be a mate of ours. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. He really is. And um, he's, a, he's a great coach as well as a, as a good wrestler. So we, the guys were able to wrestle with him and gain experience with, I mean, an Olympic, uh, basically an Olympic level wrestler. And the guys are like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, you know? Yeah. So every time, every time the training gets tough, the guys run away because everyone wants to talk about, I want to be a fighter, I want to fight. But no one wants to do what you have to do to be able to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fighting is fucking easy. Training is a difficult part. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can fight any day of the week. You, you tell me, listen, you want to fight? I'll say yes. Well, no, Put your me, leg's fucked. So. Well, not now. But before injury, like you can fight. But tell me to go into a 12-week training camp, I'll tell you to get fucked because it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's grueling. You're a diet. Besides Physically, diet, mentally, it's, it's, everything. It's, it's excruciating. You know, you have to wrestle savages and you get grappled and you get, you're sparring, you get kicked in the face. You know, Especially just, on the MMA side because there's so many aspects. There's, there was strength and conditioning, the wrestling, the jets, the boxing. And you've experienced the, the boxing side of, uh, of a camp as well as the MMA side of the camp because, of course, you were and in the UFC as K1, well. K1, Muay Thai camp, yeah. So which is the hardest to you? Uh, definitely MMA. Really? Yeah, there's so many aspects. There's not enough hours in a day <laughs> but listen, to shift around what you need to be doing. You also yeah. need to get strong for MMA. Sorry to cut yeah, you. Yeah. Like a big part of the focus for him in his MMA camp was power. You know what I mean? So you're lifting weights, Olympic lifting and whatever, and you know, doing outside conditioning sessions, you know, with, with the, the our conditioning coach. And it's just, it's taxing, eh? And, and speaking of diluting the scene, you've got... Get in the ring coming up, so everybody yeah. who wants to do MMA, you want to kickbox, you can go to Nicholas. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're looking at pushing it to Muay Thai this year, seeing as that I've now become Western Province Chairman of, yeah. Sorry, so, Western Province Chairman of what? Yeah. Of Muay Thai. You've captured Muay Thai. Yeah. Well, Are you the Chairman so or the President? I've been president, Chairman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've uh, nominated me as uh, the head of Western Province through South African Muay Thai Confederation. So I'll be taking over uh, and trying to. All that, yeah. So it's, it's been neglected for so many years and run by certain people who have screwed up the sport. So again, like the MMA scene, we're having to try and host as many gym events to get as many of the guys in, to get them experience, to host at Get In The Ring or whatever other bigger events there are. Is, the, is your Get In The Ring tournament <coughs> official? Are we allowed to talk about it? Or are we letting it is official, the yeah. We, we're at a 90% there. So we, yeah, we're waiting on the venue just for the last thing. And then uh, I've got to scramble together and, and get enough guys for a Muay Thai event. So, uh, luckily, I don't need to worry about numbers. I think uh, 10 fights is more than enough. Normally, we'd host 13. Yes, it is. Believe 10 me. Fi yeah. <laughs> 10 fights is enough. Uh, even nine, I'll be happy with. Uh, although it's an uneven number, that's a bit OCD. Nine's fine. I, I like nine. <laughs> three, three, three. I like yeah, nine. Yeah. I like so, nine. So nine's fine with, with the Muay Thai, the white crew, and that takes some time. And it's, we want to like enjoy that part of it and not rush through the night. So uh, yeah, I think nine, 10 fights will be perfect. And we're looking at two pros, two pro fights, and they're pretty much set up already, and they'll be crackers. But I don't want to say anything yet, even though I really want to. You know, the, I think that his toughest challenge now is to get guys out of the K1 mindset. 
K1 and yeah. Muay Thai are super, like they're so different, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And um, I think guys who train like at good Muay Thai gyms, and I'm going to go out and will probably get hated by a lot of people. There's not a lot of good Muay Thai gyms around. You know, people will go to Thailand for a holiday and come back and consider themselves the best Muay Thai guys around, you know, and there are some guys who go there and invest their time, energy and effort into training and bringing back knowledge and doing and it. Years of experience and living there and becoming there's, part there's, of the there's some, good, there's some good things. Uh, and then there's also some 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 guys who who aren't doing well for the sport. And yeah. um, I think that's going to translate into their, their, their fighters. You know, you'll see, you know, guys who fight Muay Thai need to be able to clinch well. They need to be able to, mm. their sweeps and trips. You know, these things are, that you don't, you don't find readily here. There's only a handful of coaches that can teach it properly in this country. Well, you know it's all fucked when Virgin top teams start offering Muay Thai lessons as part of their CrossFit program. Hey, man, that's so, terrible. Don't even go there. For real, I, I know about the boxing. I didn't know about the Muay Thai. Oaks are going to be wearing necklaces, necklaces all over the place. <laughs> They're going to be walking around in clubs, doing that kind of thing again, like back in the day. <laughs> Crew trainers at the, yeah. at the Virgin top team. And yeah. it's spelled K-R-C-R-E-W so, because that's what's written on the back of the trainer's <laughs> shirt. So the nice thing is through South African Muay Thai Confederation, we've actually, I mean, I've always been a stickler. I didn't want to become part of any and every organization. Um, but I've come to feel that it's the right way to go. Um, we did a crew grading, so we got a whole lot of the coaches together. And we all had to learn a curriculum uh, of Muay Baron. Where does this come from, this curriculum? Is it a uh, book from, from Thailand? Thailand? Yeah, it's a Thai curriculum through and through. So it's a con one to 19 grading. And we started now with our con ones. And it basically gives you an international crew status. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to teach Muay Thai well. Uh, but at least it teaches you about the culture. We needed to learn all the strikes in Thai, be able to teach it. Uh, and I mean, most of the stuff we knew already. So learning the Thai language is tough, but yeah. I didn't go. <laughs> so now this is my problem. This is, why Chester this takes is my problem. Now. Yeah, this is my problem. That's now. not why Chester takes classes. <laughs> Chester takes one class a week because I'm injured. Okay. Um, <laughs> and Chester didn't go either. He, yeah. Not so this is my problem now. Is there were only seven or eight coaches there, which have now become part of the affiliation. Which means out of those eight gyms, I need to choose guys. So for now, we're going to try and push it and spread it out a bit more, get everyone affiliated, and then they'll just have to do their gradings later on in the year, just so that the pool's a bit bigger. All right, so what dates are you having given? 5th of May. 5th of May. 5th of May. Good, that's before I go on holiday. It uh, better be, because <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're looking to have, what, 10 fights? <clears throat> yeah, ten, nine to, yeah, 9 or 10 fights, Muay Thai, two pros, two pro fights. Which you will not mention the I names mention of the people you But they're going to be exciting, I can promise Listen, you. if Carl Bergman pitches up again... I wish I could get him to stay, but he's off to Thailand again. We're off next week to Yeah, Joburg. what's going on yeah, there? So he's fighting next week. We got a phone call. Carl's been here for a while uh, just to come and visit, and he had some family stuff that, uh, like new births in the family, and that's a. He Partying with down, me up the creek. And, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's been down for a while. He had a good run in Thailand, uh, which is great. I'm happy for him. And um, yeah, he's back now to see the family, and we got a phone call a few weeks ago. Um, to say, listen, there's a guy that's pulled out, also an EFT contracted athlete who EFC gave permission to fight in a K1 fight. Unfortunately, it's a K1 style, but uh, we've got to take what we can get while he is here. <coughs> uh, so, yeah, it came to that they weren't going to allow him to fight, so he got pulled, and they really wanted this guy to fight. So 
we've taken a wild card fight. He's got a good amateur career. I, th- I believe it's his first pro fight, uh, which doesn't really mean too much. It could um, balance out because Carl hasn't been training, and I mean, not he's, really. He's so, on yeah. a farm and right now. No, 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 he's back now. Was we trained back? yesterday for okay. a two-hour session, and Thursday and Friday. So. Is that little video he puts out on Facebook <laughs> training hard on the farm? It was just one like Running half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he's actually not looking too bad. He's uh, oh, the he's bad work and stuff looks good. He's nice and sharp. Um, it's more mental thing for him, which he's always been strong his mental game is but he's also been time in thailand training so yeah. yeah yeah what's he cutting to you nothing he's on weight now he's fighting at 86 and oh, he's 86.3 at the moment so. so he didn't let his holiday get out of hand no because no. i must admit when i was when he commits he commits properly and he, he sticks to it I, he's one of my fighters one of the few that i don't have to worry about yeah because when he was at up the creek this year with me i mean his shirt was off and he he looked great yeah yeah he was uh, bay watching the fuck out of that party. <laughs> the year before, Mr. he had bay like watch. an extra twelve kilos. For sure. No, but that's true. He lost a lot, hell of a lot of weight in Thailand, obviously with um, the weather. The yeah, I think it's just the, the weather, humidity. the oven, dude, and the yeah. chili. The yeah. oven, the chili, and like so it's they, just bowls of rice. Weight down there. I mean, he used to be a ninety-six kilo guy fighting at ninety-one to get down. He's walking around now at like 86, 87. And um, the guy that he's fighting, he hasn't had a professional fight yet. No. Is this, this, so this, this is a pro fight. De- yeah, it is a pro fight. This will be his debut pro fight. Uh, he's got a record of uh, nine and one. Nine wins, one loss as an amateur and pro-am. Uh, so yeah, we're not look- taking it lightly. And this is this a K1 title defense for, no, for Carl? No, not at all. It's no. a different weight division. Okay. Uh, so his weight division is under 91, uh, which is cruiserweight, I believe, in the... Or super heavy it could be is get in the ring going to be another elimination type contest or is it just straight I, fight i really wish i could with a muay thai it's going to be too tough to do that with elbows and that it's too risky because uh, guys get cut and, yeah. and bleeding it's not worthwhile doing it for the k1 it worked really well in our first year uh to find another four guys in the same division and four different similar guys. Four, yeah four different guys that are on similar um levels to make it exciting and to give it uh, a fair shot at that title um and also now with soccer the rules through soccer have changed a lot we're not allowed to do belts anymore and call it titles and so it can be a trophy belt and they're not too keen on doing belts anymore why it's are they whole, doing that yeah. that makes no sense <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like how to take a good sport and then just move it back a few a few levels I and mean, then carry you, on yeah Give give the, a prick the admin admin uh, responsibilities yeah. and the, the con- and control and it will change everything. Yeah. It's just to it's you know it's just to pull pull rank. Oaks just want to pull rank. Yeah. I want to be in charge. It's my way or the highway. Fuck you. And it's one of the reasons why I've stayed away from associating with any organization because they're all full of shit. And you got guys who think they know everything who actually know fuck all. Don't know how to grow a sport. Don't know how to grow a pool of anything. Who want to control it? Yeah, and the same guys who are doing the the soccer are involved with amateur boxing, and like I've got a lot of youngsters that want to do the whole boxing vibe as well, and it's just it's just not worth registering with these guys because they're idiots. You know what I mean? They 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 sweat the small stuff. They'll stop you from shaving if you've got too much facial hair, but they won't give you an HIV test. You know what I mean? Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. They, 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 they don't mind you fighting a guy who's five or six kilos heavier 
out of the weight class, but God forbid you have facial hair. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, what would people think? So it's just, it's just, yeah. it's just dumb. Is these guys, you yeah. know, they they got no clue what's going on. Yeah. But taking away uh, a title belt and, look, and that it, it's like if you walk around the street, like who's the champ? The champ's the guy with the title belt. Okay, cool. For sure, but the, they take I that away. Kind of understand what they're saying is it's becoming is it lucrative. Like it's not. There's no meaning behind it anymore because any random guy with like two fights is fighting for a CFL title at that stage or whatever it is but it's not a SA or a Western Cape title it's purely that event's title that organization's title and if I feel like making a belt and saying these two guys in my opinion because it's my organization um, or yeah it's my promotion I feel like they're the best I feel like those two guys are deserving of the title should they win and the nice thing is with the four man it's really it's a tough and grueling thing and uh, we've just been struggling to make it happen again so now it's it became after that i didn't want to take the belt away i still wanted to give that opportunity so we had like uh, Rima ralph come down from east london and yeah ford sparks and, uh, and yeah so it was still a tough fight a hard fight but and it, it, it was more of a um it's not a title as like a floating title it's a you won that belt fair and square that's what you get for putting in the effort to it's more it's to make the guys train harder and fight harder you look at what happens overseas, and it happens in the, ja- uh, the Japanese promotions. You win a fight, and they give you this monster trophy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't win For like sure. a, a massive tournament. You just yeah. won a fight. You know, they don't do it in the UFC. They, they give them cash. So it's, it's, it's just a nice token to see. You it's know? exactly the token. That's the word I was, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's almost like a memorabilia for that fight. Yeah. So you've got something to remember that fight by. And it's a really like my belt that I made was really it was pure leather. It was uh, anodized brass. It was, yeah. I mean, you've seen it. And now it's sitting in Carl's cupboard. No, it's in my gym. (laughs) 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 Finally got to keep one out of like four events. So that's cool. But you go to the, you you mentioned Japan. Um, In the holidays, I I was texting you. (laughs) Because I I worked out how to watch Ryzen on the internet. I think it was like 350 rand for the pay-per-view event. It was at the end of December. So they had... Um, it was a elimination competition. There was two events. There was one on like the 26th, and then there was one on the 28th or 29th. And I'm, then we do a New Year's Eve show, yeah. the 31st. I've never been so thoroughly entertained in my entire life than watching Ryzen. It's the best mm-hmm. MMA promotion I've ever seen because that chick who screams in the background is so fucking crazy. She's, she's incredible. The ring announcer. <laughs> she's nuts. And they never showed a picture of what she looked like. I was just like, who is this woman? She looks like the chick from Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> so she's an old lady. <laughs> she looks like an old lady with like, no, she's... You ruined it for him now. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically he built like, I feel no, like he's no, going to no, cry. No. I, 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 in my mind, I didn't think she was hot at all. There was, there was no, nothing no. about her voice that suggested but the she's unknown a perfect is like, yeah. But you got guys like Mauro Ranello who's, who's commentating on it as well, and he's super exciting. He's got a cool voice for the sport. Mm. You know, it's just the, it's the lights. It's the TV production. It's, it's the, it, and huge crowd. Yeah. So look, that Ryzen and stuff was all a, a follow-up from Pride FC. Yeah. So the Japanese culture, they love the freak show fights. So you get a, a seven-foot monster fighting against a guy who's five-foot. On you, all the steroids. Yeah, on all the steroids. So you, they, were, they tested you to make sure you were on, not to make sure you weren't on. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things. But the, the fights, you know, and the, the, the owners and the promoters of the organization would have meetings with the fighters before. It. And I told them straight, like, you need a fight, like your life depends on it. Because if you fight to win and you want to protect your record, 
They're not going to put you in. Phil Baroni was zero and 10. He lost 10 fights by 10 knockouts. He's still on the main card. because They just want to see guys go down in a ball of flame. But that's the Chinese, that's the Japanese and the Chinese. So that's why K1, World Max, they didn't care if you won, lost, drew. If you showed if up, you were just to be excited. If you're a warrior, that's what they respected. They knew you were a warrior by just getting in the ring. But then when you put on a hell of a show, they loved you for it. You could, like Mikey says, you can have a record of like no wins and 20 losses. And but then every time you went in there, there was blood and you were swinging for the fence. They would love you. No, it's crazy. And the whole, when UFC brought out Pride, they, they canned Pride completely and they took the, the fighters over. And the, the UFC mentality is if you lose, you're out. So you don't lose. So guys go from being super excited, super thrilling, you know, and leaving all in the, in the ring. They were like tentative and like didn't want to lose. So you're not fighting to win. You're fighting not they to lose. They caged up trying not to make yeah, that mistake as if they're trying to express themselves in Japan where they could get away with it. 100%. There's no, you couldn't express yourself at all. It's, you can, but at a great risk. So it's, it's, it's Ryzen's come back. And it's a lot of the guys who were running Pride if not, are now running Ryzen. And they, they do Including the two Including the Yakuza. 100%. <laughs> um, and they do t- the two shows. One's the more freakish type show and the other one's the more serious type show. Gabby Garcia versus the latest librarian who's 65 <laughs> years old. So yeah, that, that, that's the thing. You, see, you mentioned the freak shows and that is exactly what I'm talking about. Gabby Garcia, who's the biggest woman I've ever seen. In terms of, it's obvious that she's on steroids. In terms of everything. She makes Cain Velasquez look small. She's yeah. 115 kilograms and of she's muscle. about six yeah. foot five. She's muscular as fuck. And then she was supposed to fight this old woman who was a legendary pro wrestler in Japan. And it's quite funny how they built the storyboard. So there's three old ladies in this old lady's crew and they all like confronted Gabby Garcia backstage and they made a whole show about it. And then Gabby Garcia couldn't fight because she, she, didn't, missed, make she didn't make weight. So I, th- I think she had to come down to like 112 kilos and she couldn't lose those last three because she refused to take the syringe out of her thigh. <laughs> and then the old lady was like 90 kilos and bandaged up from head to toe like a mummy. Because she was she, 90 kilos and 90 years old. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I, th- the thing is, is that Gabby's just going to pound that girl. How can that happen? You know, they're raving well, those, about Gabby being a... Uh, those three award. kilos were going to make out of a difference. Exactly. <laughs> There's still 20 kilos difference between the two. You know, Gabby Garcia, she's a multiple world jiu-jitsu champion. But is I mean, she really? Yeah, yeah, she is. But how much of it is skill and how much is it just strength? Pure size. Proof? You know what I mean? So, you know, you don't really know what she's capable of. I'm sure she's she's good. But she's never she's, rolled with anyone her size or strength. <laughs> and there's no one in the UFC that size in a no, woman's division. That not even fight. in a man's division. No, she's. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, dude. She's, she's a freak. She is Stipe Miocic kind of yeah. size. No, and no, Stipe is lighter than her. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, Stipe, uh, Stipe yeah. fights at about 110. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen a picture of Gabby Garcia, get your phone out and just Google image that and. Yeah, take it in. <laughs> and it's a lot to take in. And then dry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep with the light on at night. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the upcoming fight nights that we got to look forward to, um, you said the gym was starts on the 10th of March? 10th of March. Where? Um, I think it's at Takedown. Uh, yeah, Deep River. Deep River. Um, so look out for that on Facebook. I'm sure there'll be an invite popping up. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how much they're promoting it, you know, in, in ter- to, to outside public because of space, but I'm sure the gyms are going to get behind yeah. it. Um, we've only got one guy in, but we'll, we'll take some guys through to go watch. Yeah, I think with those, with those gym events, sorry, those gym events, I think they're looking at just getting 
close family, friends of the fighters. So yeah. obviously the fighters that are fighting are going to tell their friends and family and they'll come. So there might not be tickets available for it's a kind of closed doors thing. Yeah. We'll, we don't know yet. But we'll, okay. I'm sure they won't say no to people wanting to spend money at the door. No. I'll hold a bucket if you need me to. <laughs> yeah, you can. You're more than welcome. <laughs> and Nick, you haven't really got something on the horizon just yet. Just a lot of options or a lot of things talking about. A lot of Nigerians yeah, no. talking shit to you on Facebook. Yeah, like. <laughs> no, no, he's, right. he's, he's booked. He's booked for the 31st. 31st. 30th. 30th. 30th of Where? Of March. Uh, Weinberg, I believe. No, it's Calicotto event uh, again, but not sure the venue just yet. And who is the gentleman that you shall be staring in the face? Um, uh, we haven't got the we haven't got the contract for it yet. Okay. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we can talk about it, but I'll tell you off air rather, just in yeah. case. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a tough opponent, mm. uh, but not a tough challenge. Mm. That makes sense. I don't I don't. <laughs> And when I say, when, <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic here. We are filming this. So know. You know, you forgot about the camera. <laughs> no, All the facial expressions are going down. And again, I'll say that he, the guy is, is a tough guy. I don't yeah. think it's a tough challenge. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's, it's a good fight for Nick. Because we're not, we're not aiming for title defense, after title defense, after title defense. You know, we, we still, because of the way his career started, you know, we haven't got as many boxing fights as we'd want. So we'll do a title defense and we'll do like a six or eight rounder and we're looking at maybe another title defense. Um, we are gunning for the SA title. That is something that we are after. At light heavyweight. At light heavyweight. Okay. Um, Show me the money. We, you <laughs> know, Show me an opponent is more what you should be saying. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think we'll come right in the next, in the next couple of months. I think there will be an option. Um, there are guys on the cusp of being eligible. So once the guys are eligible, we'll definitely push for that. And I think... The I think BSA needs that belt to have an owner. So you, that's more for you now. It feels like they don't really care. Yeah, that's probably also quite true. But the, it seems now that you most most important for you is just to keep busy, keep in the in the frame for sure. of training. Staying, yeah, keeping away the ring rust, if you want to call it that. I mean, I've had my fair share of injuries and been out of the ring for long periods of time and then back in and it doesn't feel like i've lost too much but it, it would be great to know what it feels like to have a few consecutive fights in a year without having an injury and see what your body is capable and see what i can do then i mean i believe i can do even better then so we'll see and then of course i'm involved this friday nights uh at the hope street market you guys must come and have a watch it'll be cool uh yeah, seven, I'm in seven car what are you doing in joburg calls fighting we had oh, this okay. conversation oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry sorry <laughs> sorry I pay attention to everything. Friday night he's fighting. So we yeah. try to. I'm trying to convince him to go up a little bit earlier so we can get some sparring in while we're there. Yeah. But he's being a, he's being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can only stretch myself so many ways. Maybe afterwards we'll no, go up after. We, yeah, maybe we can stay up a little bit longer. Yeah. We we want to get some. No, I can't. I got my anniversary weekend yes. on the Saturday. See, so yeah, I got to squeeze in all these things. Fly out Thursday morning. Weigh in Thursday night. Friday fight. Right, Saturday morning, fly back going from the airport on my anniversary weekend, which yeah, was, which was November going. last year, by the way. And <laughs> we had to push the weekend away because of the fight that was postponed and moved and shifted and da 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 da. da. So it's we good finally that you have a flexible wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at Just the camera. So when she watches, she can see you. <laughs> Just smile and wave. <laughs> well, we started For off sure. on like. Uh, happy ending so <laughs> flexible wives is a good place to leave it <laughs> guys thank you yeah. very much for joining me thank Thanks you very much for giving me your time Mikey where can they catch you on social media and uh, hashtags and uh, at signs and well, what not you know at PFA underscore SA is the gym 
and that's a Instagram, social media, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then, um, and just quickly punt the gym because we got a whole bunch of new classes. Yeah, we got lots of classes. We got classes that run from six a.m. Classes run at eight thirty. We got five thirty, six thirty. There's a lot of classes. Uh, we got five p.m. conditioning classes now. There's there's a lot Sterling of Sterling G Show. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff happening at the gym. Uh, we got kids classes. So um, if anyone wants to get in touch, just pridefightingacademy.com, you know, the, the the website, and we can get in touch with us from there. And uh, Nicholas, your hmm. hashtags and uh, at signs. Yeah, Nick underscore Radley complain. <laughs> Nick underscore Radley on Where can Nigerian fighters call you out <laughs> on? <laughs> Fucking apparently anyway. all over. Yeah, <laughs> apparently all over. Um, and then also Tyolix um, Cape Town on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. I'm Dev Curra at Dev Curra Instagram and Twitter. Thank you very much, gents. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Mikey, I might see you at a bar. A little bit later. If you get lucky. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Shut let's get down. out of here. Cheers, boys. Good. Ciao.